0: Drop the subject. That's right. It's time. It's time. It's time. I know you've been waiting. It's Ellie and Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner. Boy, we have some exciting things coming up a little later in the show. But first, I already wanted to ask you, James, we were talking off the air about a bee situation. And rarely can I actually teach you anything in this world. You have taken all <laughs> the school. You know all the things. And you started talking yes. about, you know, before before we went on, you were saying that there were some drowny bees in your pool which is a so, you know a first yeah. world problem to have but let's get into it because i actually have yeah. the answer what? to why bees do that so tell me about what's going on we i must can't believe you catch, have the answer I, I, and the I, reason i have the answer is very random but go go ahead <laughs>
1: Okay, well, so this is a, yes, total first world, privilege dumb problem tat, not dumb, well, whatever. So I've never owned a pool before. We have a pool in the new house. We've been here a little over a year and it's great, but owning a pool is kind of a lot of work. There's all this stuff you gotta do. And one of the other things that you don't think about is that Plants and animals and insects and whatever also like your large body of water, right? So, like, you're, you're keeping the raccoons out of the pool. I think we talked about that story already. Well, the bees, there's already not enough of them, and they dive bomb into the pool. Generally not at you, but they will, like, dive into the water, and it's a saltwater pool. So, my theory— Oh, it is is that they can't get up out of the water because the salt is too heavy on their little wings. Mm -hmm. So half the time, if Chris and I are out there on like an evening having a little glass of wine and whatever, (laughs) the bees will dive bomb into the pool. And then we spend half the time shushing the bees out of the water, like trying to get them out. And then I'm like, what is going on? And then they die. And then we've got dead bees all over the place. Like I feel horrible. Okay.
0: Anytime we are at a pool public pool our little uh, you know communal pool in our apartment complex katie is the one with a, 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 a old letterhead or some kind of magazine <laughs> or something yes! scooping yes! her little heart out trying to save every <laughs> bee that has been in the water and all these kids are trying to play and they don't care and she's just right. so concerned about the bees and the reason that she's concerned is because we Bonded with a bee lady at a farmers market one time, uh, and uh, oh. so we went. We went to a farmers market. This was last year or something, and we're you know buying the beef sticks and the sa- whatever German sausage and cow cheese, goat cheese, and all the crap. We have our little bins full of over well not overpriced but good stuff, and we stop it uh-huh. at- every time we go to those things. Katie wants honey, and she is just a sucker oh, literally course. for the honey, and so we stop by this booth and this woman starts talking our ear off about how fascinating bees are to the point where she convinced us to go visit her bee farm later that day.
1: <laughs> what? And you did? We
0: did. And it was awesome. Nice. And she told us all about why she got into bees because she got divorced and because she was terrified of bees and wanted to do something she was afraid of in her new life. And then she I fell mean, in love with bees. Jump out
1: of a plane. <laughs> like, learn, like, go in an indie car. You know, do some rescue pit bulls. Like, don't get F road rash
0: all over your get
1: left arm, all right? <laughs> right. Live with road rash for your life. No, I'm kidding. All right. So she plays with bees because she got divorced. Makes total She's like a <laughs> total beekeeper sense. lady
0: now. She works for this bee sanctuary. And uh-huh. so she tells us all about how feminist bees are and how they, uh, they, they pick their queen and how if the men don't pull their weight, they literally rip their wings off and p- push them out of the <laughs> nest. <laughs> and how the only job of the men is to make more queen. I mean, it's, she was telling us all about this stuff, and you could tell like there was some residual things going on with yeah,
1: her husband. Just ex-husband. you think, just a little bit. Maybe more divorced people should become beekeepers. It, it, she
0: was a real advocate because her husband was an a hole. Whatever. Uh, so then yeah. she talks about when bee, like when when our interactions with bees, and because Katie's actually afraid of bees, even though she likes them. So. The reason for... I'll give you first the reason that they come up to you, and then I'll give you the reason that they go into the water. So the oh, reason okay. that they come up to you is because they know that you exhale that CO2, and they need CO2 <sighs> to kind of keep... Get, get like a little... Rush of Red Bull to like keep flying to their next place.
1: So, so that is true. One of our friends actually said that to me. Really? Was like, Oh, when bees come close to you, breathe out, like yes. breathe on them. They need your CO2 as, like, like you said, like a little nitro, yeah, like a little like, Red like, Be-be- Bull. Be-be- like, yeah.
0: And then they go, they go, they guess. So now when they come up to me, I just start going, <laughs> 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 I just start breathing really, really hard, which is bad for COVID, but good for the bees.
1: <laughs> but good for the bees. And do they fly away from you once you do that? Do they like, well, take off? Well, one of
0: them didn't, and it was it landed on me and started crawling all over me. And I was like, okay, now I don't know. I've, I've done the thing that the bee lady told me to do. But anyway, the reason why they go into the pool is because they need water. They need to drink water just like any other whatever mammal. Really? Or, yeah, thing. I guess yeah. they're not mammals, but they, they, they need water, but they need it in uh-huh. little teeny little bites. And they I don't have any imagine. depth perception. So they think uh, that a pool. Don't they like, have
1: like a billion eyes,
0: though? <laughs> I don't think we got to the billion eyes part.
1: <laughs> like, how do you not have depth perception? If you have a billion eyes, you well, should have You should have all the depth perception. So what
0: they're used to doing is landing on little leaves that have like little Ugh, this little sips like of little water puddles. in them. yes uh-huh. so they yeah, yeah. think that your pool is a giant leaf and <gasps> oh, then they no. go into it and they're like no wait this isn't a leaf what's going on <laughs> and then they're all drowny. but if uh-huh. the scoop, but the reason you should do the scoop is because their wings are wet and that's why they can't fly out of the pool and that's uh-huh. why i bet it is harder in the saltwater pool so if you take them out of the Pool, and you blow on them like you're supposed to blow on them when they come up to you it will dry their wings off faster and they'll be able to fly away and go on with their merry little lives and pollinate and save the world because they're the really feel, they're, they've all they're, they're all we've got at this point
1: They are all we've got. Now, I do have to say that, you know, broadcasting from home, sometimes I'm doing this from a room where I can see the pool and I just see these bees like dive bombing. So if I ever just get up in the middle of us recording, by the way, and jump into the
0: pool and block them.
1: Yes, it's because you told
0: me to go save the bees. (laughs)
2: Exactly. From my pool. We'll be
0: right back. Two minute break here on Drop the Subject.
2: Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q
0: drop the subject with Allie and James uh, a guy who knows a lot about medical things and a girl who knows a thing or two about bees because she met a divorced lady once and now we move on to another segment <laughs> <It> makes that- <laughs> total sense <laughs> <laughs> uh, ask the NP you know what happens when a nurse is late people die
1: <laughs> Well then, let's get the party started <laughs>
0: This is a chance for you to get free medical advice, which is hard to come by these days. Anything you're afraid to ask your MD, you can ask Dr. James at Ask the NP. And today we discuss mask storage because I fully admit on this radio station a confession here on drop the subject that I am not storing my mask properly. I am one of the, I've become one of the car people where they're just laying around in my <laughs> car. They're yep. laying around at the bottom of a backpack. Uh-huh. They are then being dusted off. And thank God the one that I have is reversible because otherwise I would have no idea which part I've worn close to my face <laughs> and which part <laughs> is exposed to the coronavirus filled world. Uh-huh. So what the hell are you supposed to do? Tell us, all of the things that we're doing wrong
1: about, about the masks. Well, OK, so really, you want to think about clean and dry is honestly like with these cloth cloth masks, for instance, and in particular clean and dry, more wet it is, the less it works. Uh, so you want to keep it dry and you want to keep it clean. So in your home, I recommend you can even store it in your car. But here's the thing, I just bring a couple little paper bags out to your car. Paper bags are like the new they're like the new couture. So grab a little like you used to do with the little old lunch bag, right? Like a little paper bag. Put a couple of those in your car and then you just shove the mask in there and then you can keep the paper bags just scattered about your car. Also, a couple of extra paper bags are perfect for when you go to the restaurant or whatever where you need to just like store your mask at the restaurant. You should never put it on the table because it's actually less about like something from your mask getting onto someone else or your food or whatever. It's more about the Tabasco sauce from your eggs, getting on your mask, and then screwing up your mask from actually working. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, I am definitely one of the people putting, well, really my mask is a nice cushion for my phone on
1: the <laughs> uh, no.
0: restaurant table. So probably you're saying I should not combine those things?
1: Yeah, probably not. The other thing is you should sort of assume... And this is a little bit of a stretch, I will say. But if we're being very safe, you should assume that you have coronavirus on the outside of your mask at all times. So the thing that sort of drives me crazy is people constantly touch the outside of their mask when they're moving it around. Stop touching the outside of your mask. Because the other thing people are doing is touching the outside of their mask and then, like, rubbing their eyes.
0: Yeah. Yep. I'm guilty of that as well. (laughs) Uh, Because the thing is... People who are insecure touch their faces a lot. And I'm one of those people. So I touch my face all the time. And then when COVID happened, I was like, wait, I'm not allowed to touch my face. (laughs) And then it it lets you realize how often you're touching your face. Then the mask thing happened. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm not touching my face. Now the mask I'm wearing so often that I'm now just touching my face through the mask. I'm rubbing my nose. I'm Uh like going, hmm. I'm, I'm just... Doing all of the touching, uh, but just with the mask on. So you're saying keep it in a dry place. And and what is with the paper mask versus can I do paper or a paper bag versus a plastic bag? Does it matter? Or are you saying paper for a certain reason?
1: Paper is just a little bit. It's actually more porous so that it gets a little bit of airflow so that it dry. It keeps the mask dry is is really more important and it's listen i don't want people to get like so like overwhelmingly obsessed with masks the fact that you're wearing one and that you got a bunch in your car so that you can grab one at any time to go i'm happy with that like i'm not chastising anyone who has i have different masks in my car i just happen to keep mine in a paper bag because a lot of my masks i've worn in the hospital so i i like an n95 which sometimes is like gold right you like you can only get so many n95 so i put it in a paper bag i have it keep them in the back seat but, like, there's a couple of masks, like the mask I've used to work out and whatever. Sometimes it gets tossed on the seat next to me. Like, I'm I'm with you. I admit that, too. But it's more mm-hmm. about people actually wearing masks because these masks are turning out to be so important. And, of course, they're so political. But Bob Redfield, the director of the CDC, is actually saying that he thinks masks, Ali, might be more important than the vaccine. Yeah.
2: Actually, we have clear scientific evidence they work and they are our best defense. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine, because the immunogenicity may be 70%. And if I don't get an immune response, the vaccine is not going to protect me. This face mask will. Wow. What
1: Bob's saying, immunogenicity. Basically what he's yeah, saying that is, is a that lot of syllables. A lot of, of stuff going on, right? Vaccine's going to work, but it might only work like the flu vaccine. For instance, some flu seasons, we get it. And when we get it, the flu will protect, the flu vaccine will protect you about 60% 70% of the time. Sometimes okay. we don't get it. And the flu vaccine will only protect you about 20% of the time. So what he's saying is that, He's guessing this vaccine is only going to be 60 to 70% protective. Whereas we know for a fact that if you wear a mask properly and someone else is wearing a mask, even if that other person has COVID, if you're both wearing masks and you are outside, it's 95 to 98% protective, which is more protective, obviously, than the vaccine. So. There you go, Bob.
0: Wow. Well, thank you. This has been Ask the NP. I always learn a lot uh, about what I'm not what I'm supposed to be doing and not supposed to be doing. And if you have any other questions, direct them at Ask the MP when we get back. It's Apple or Crapple. I'll explain later. Drop the
2: subject. The new channel Q.
1: Drop the subject. New channel Q. Allie and James. And we're online at DTS Show. We often have questions that we throw out to you on the social medias. And we appreciate it if you go there and you follow. We also got a podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, be sure to download, subscribe, rate us. Five stars only, please. Um, and you know, my husband Ali Johnson is completely one hundred percent obsessed with everything Apple everything mm-hmm. so
0: he is not alone.
1: he is not alone he was he was a little bit sad that there were no in-person people at the Apple announcement earlier this week, but he was one of those people who like took a lunch from work to watch it to and watch he's the been, announcements like, stalking the seven hundred dollar watch since then and like all of this stuff and um I'm like, why are you spending $700 on an Apple Watch when the one you just got two years ago is completely fine?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, those are logical questions for logical people. <laughs> and when you watch the Apple events, you are in a totally different frame of mind. My mom, you, uh, she doesn't work there anymore, but she worked for Apple for about 10 years. Uh-huh. And so she would go to all of the announcements. Ooh. And the woman that she worked for was one of the women that headed, headed up the environmental part of, of Apple oh, cool. to make sure all this stuff was recyclable and eco-friendly and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be like, what's going on? And she's like, Bon, I was about to perform. I'm like, Damn it, God!
1: Bono is about to break. I thought
3: working for a
0: radio station, I'd get to be Bono. Right, right, anyway, right. Uh, so, we thought we would celebrate the Apple announcement from earlier this week with a game that I like to call Apple or Crapple. Is it something that was revealed at the Apple event earlier this week, or is it something I made up? It's Apple or Crapple. There are a lot of exciting things <laughs> that they announced.
1: <laughs> I feel like you should have to say that one in a different voice, Allie. you who's uh, Minnesota? No, Australia. An apple
0: or crample. or crample. <laughs>
1: i'm sorry continue
0: okay so there were a lot a lot of announcements i mean all the pixels it's the ipad air has 3.5 million pixels which uh just for reference 20 years ago there were i think the first camera phone had 0.1 pixels so we have come quite a long way since then and they like to make their announcements uh, with the liquid. They love to say retina display, liquid retina display, uh, so many cores, all kinds of core processors, more uh-huh. films, more cameras, whatever. So I will read something that was or maybe wasn't announced at the Apple event earlier this week. And you guess Apple or Crapple. You ready to play?
1: Oh, I'm cr- ready to play. Nope. Nope. Couldn't do it. All right. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> Here's your first one. The new Apple Watch Series Six comes equipped with a built-in defibrillator. So if you go unconscious, the Apple Watch will shock you gently back to life. <laughs> Siri will also say clear before each shock. An unsuspecting person knows when you're where you're out in the process. Apple okay. or grapple?
1: <laughs> you just go down and like <laughs> A grocery store, and then randomly, Siri, who's tapped in because of Big Brother through the satellites a la the movie Eagle Eye, she just taps into the overhead grocery store <laughs> thing and says, Clear, <laughs>
0: clear, and then you can pick any accent South African, whatever.
1: Um, okay, the other thing is, I feel like sometimes the watch doesn't always pick up heart rates anyway, like it's a little bit sensitive, so I <laughs> I, this has to be Crapple because every time the watch doesn't pick up your heart rate, it's shocking you. <laughs> 220 volts <laughs> like every time. And you're like, dude, I was just adjusting was it
0: in the, middle of the grocery
1: <laughs> <store>. <laughs> Right. You're like, dude, hold on. I had an itch. Going with Crapple. Going with Crapple. You are
0: correct, sir. It is Crapple. But who knows in a couple of years, maybe next year's Apple announcement will be different. <laughs> here's your next one. In an industry first, the Apple Watch has come with a slew of new bands that are eco-friendly, including a stretchable band design that comes in braided yarn. A precision braiding machine interweaves 16,000 polyester yarn filaments made of 100% recycled material.
1: I was going to say, Crapple, right up until the end there, where you're like, 100% recycled material. And you just told us that your mom used to work for the environmental part of Apple. Yeah, I gave that away. Yeah, I'm going with Apple.
0: You're correct. It is Apple. Here's your next one. An all new Apple sheath protects the part of your iPhone charge cord that always seems to break off exposing the wires. It is the Apple sheath that will correct that little exposed wiring that always seems to break off when you plug your phone in. But then
1: won't it just break where the sheath ends? Like you just like move the problem down an inch.
0: Apple sheath, <laughs> Apple or gravel? <laughs> gravel. <laughs>
1: You're right. (laughs) I told you, I rule all games.
0: I do think they should make an apple (laughs) sheath.
1: They should. Okay, but it just moves the problem anyway.
0: All right, uh, and then your next one is a digital car keys. Apple may or may not have announced a digital version of car keys that you can text. To your friends and family, so you can actually text a friend or family member your car keys so that they could get Wait, into what? your car from anywhere.
1: I don't, what if you don't have what if okay, I'm gonna say well, Apple. This is for
0: like smart cars and crap.
1: Oh, yeah, like I drive my this car, not for like phone. a Buick, <laughs> <laughs> for the old Buick that has been in the family for a hundred years. I'm gonna say Apple.
0: You're correct. Yeah! I'll give you one more. Uh-huh. Uh, I chew. I chew. The <laughs> Apple Watch will monitor how much you're chewing and tell you when to stop eating, Fatty.
1: I was gonna say, is she also <laughs> gonna judge you for your stretch marks? <laughs> you and know the, she the, will. The COVID fifteen you grew, you, you grew, you you gained. Uh I'm gonna s I am going to I do not know, maybe it will. I'm gonna say Apple.
0: No, that's that crap. That
1: oh, crapple. damn it.
0: Uh but who knows, one day all these things. It does the Apple Watch will detect your blood oxygen levels, which was their new big announcement. But yeah. it's also waterproof and I don't know, plane proof, and well more drop Detects the subject when gas we come on back. It, yes. <laughs> it detected life on Venus. It was not <laughs> NASA, it was Siri. Yes. Uh, more when we come back. It's two-minute break, two-minute promise. Coming back after this. Drop the subject,
2: the new channel Q.
1: Welcome back to Drop the Subject, Allie and James. And uh so. Kind of a lot going on in 2020. There is, you know, a global pandemic that we're all living through. Of course, at least 12 states in the United States, all predominantly in the West, are on fire right now and continue to be. I read something earlier, Ali and Jesse, not sure if you guys did, but y'all did. But there's smoke in Europe and there are smoke in Australia. So literally the smoke from our fires, our fires has gone like both directions over like a good like two thirds of the globe. It's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. And now on top of
0: fun, yes, those
1: fun. Yeah. On top of that, as a natural disaster and of course, a global viral pandemic, it's hurricane season and we are uh on our way to another record- setting hurricane season. Maybe all of this has to do with climate change depending on which cable news network you're watching and <laughs> now unfortunately, you know our friends and neighbors in um, Alabama uh Florida, some parts of Mississippi uh, as well are really suffering through uh Hurricane Sally, which hit. Um, yesterday uh, as a Category 2, um, a sustained wind mo- winds of uh, over 105 miles an hour. But as is the case with lots of hurricanes, as we've unfortunately come to learn in that part of the United States and really all over the world, the big issue with hurricanes is not necessarily the wind damage that tends to come and go, but it's the floodwaters afterwards. And this one, Ali, is particularly insidious is that it's only at least was only moving when it hit land at about three mile an hour. So imagine a huge storm that's walk, moving about as fast as someone walks and all of the rain that gets poured down during that entire time. It's, it's pretty unbelievable.
0: I see. Yes, I kept reading about how slow it was and I was like, well, I don't understand because I... I never grew up around hurricanes, so I mm. don't really understand how they work or what makes them devastating versus not devastating. And mm-hmm. so, but you explain that really well. It's because it's moving so slowly that it can actually do more damage in that time period rather than just kind of floating by, like just whizzing by.
1: Exactly. And that's that's actually a, a really common misnomer that happens because people hear about these hurricanes and the sustained winds. Of, yes,
0: I just think of like, yeah, I it's think like of whipping. the Wizard of Oz. Right? Totally.
1: And that's part of it. That's that's part of it. But that tends to like come and go. Boom. Pretty fast. Few hours. And then kind of off it goes, especially when it hits landfall, they tend to slow down. The winds tend to slow down all of that. But the slowing down process, particular of these really warm water hurricanes like we get in the Gulf, they hit land and then they just like camp out. And then it's the sustained water that floods the infrastructure. So you have places like Mobile, yeah. Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, that have these you know hundreds of year old infrastructure, and it floods the sewers, it floods the streets. And so there are some streets in the last day or so that look like rivers. Like it looks like cars are floating down rivers, but those were actually parts of downtown of cities that were there on the coast.
0: And that's something that you c- you can't prepare for.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can
0: and you can't because the the flooding. I mean. There, it, it's it's all dependent on how the city was already built hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess I don't know what kind of modifications you could really make to drain a street that's just going to be flooded regardless.
1: Well, and there's so much conversation about those things that happen with not only like, you know, we talk about like infrastructure, right? And and every president and every, you know, congressional person and our representatives always talk about the infrastructure things that need to happen in the United States. And that's part of it. But then when you have places who like Pensacola, Florida, for instance, that's very touristy. If you make the recommendations that, let's say, the National Weather Service or the Civil, en- Corps, Civil Engineering Corps would say to make to protect a city and its residents from the flooding of a hurricane, what you end up having big barriers and you end up having not a very functional downtown and you end up having these things that are bad for tourism. So it's mm-hmm. this it's this mix of like, do we make the city accessible and walkable and drivable and all of these things for what could, you know, hurricanes like this, where they're saying this flooding could be like once in a hundred year type of flooding. So and they it's, said
0: that it's not over anytime soon. They said it's gonna be really slow coming out of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically imagine, imagine, walking onto the shore in Pensacola, Florida, and then walking to Atlanta. Like, however long that would take you to do, that's essentially how long this storm is moving. Now, it it will sort of change into a tropical depression, a tropical storm sort of situation, and then it will pick up speed again on land. But these things are just devastating. And so for all of our listeners in that area and those who are there or have relationships there or all of us just as Americans, like our you know, whatever we can do to help in any sort of way and bring awareness to what's going on there. And and our hearts and thoughts and prayers, of course, are, are with everyone going through this right now.
0: Absolutely. And our spirits will be lifted by Dr. Jen, who we're going to speak to next. So don't go anywhere. More Drop the Subject returns after this.
2: Drop the Subject. The new channel
1: Q. Welcome back to drop the subject on the new channel Q. James Simmons, Allie Johnson, and like we do every week, it's Dr. Jen Man. Hello, Dr. Jen. Hello. So good to have you on here. And you know, I have not seen you through the Zoom, and I'm not sure how long we had those weeks where Allie and I were off and things were changing, and then Allie got to interview new. Now it's my turn.
3: And I sat in for you guys for a week, but I miss seeing your face. It's very, it's great to see. You.
1: We got so much fantastic feedback from that week, by the way.
3: It was so much fun.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. I know a lot of the listeners got a lot about it out of that. So thank you very much for that. And something that has really continued to happen pretty consistently, and this happened obviously pre-COVID, but COVID has really amped up this discrepancy in sex drives that can happen sometimes in couples. In particular, what's going on during COVID, what's going on in the racial social justice uprisings, what's going on. And then we're now on seven months, eight months or whatever of being in lockdown. And I think the discrepancies in sexual libido and in sex drives with couples is really amplified right now. For folks out there who are in relationships, who are living together and you have this discrepancy in sex drives, like I think the first thing that comes to mind is, oh my God, this is it, this is the end. Like we can't even have sex now with everything else going on. Um, And so what are some things that couples should sort of like look for in that scenario?
3: Well, first of all, it's normal. So it's not the end of the relationship. Most couples, even pre-COVID, had discrepancies when it comes to usually one person wants it more than the other person. Typically, nobody tends to want everything at exactly the same moment in time. And we have stressors. Once you're in a long-term relationship, things change because, you know, all of a sudden you've got stressors, you've got kids, you've got work. But now with COVID, we have a lot of people who are really struggling with depression and anxiety, which impacts sex drive. We also have people who are out of work, which is devastating, who have financial concerns, all of these stressors. And also those that are actually employed are doing oftentimes the work of two or three people because companies are trying to save money. So Mm -hmm. we're so much stress. Then also add in all of this racial injustice and add in all of these protests, an election, the fires. I mean, it is, we are under so much stress right now and that impacts our sex drive, and that impacts our relationship and how we relate to our partner.
1: It really, it impacts it so much. So I get to that specific moment, Dr. Jen, where your partner is trying to initiate intimacy and you're thinking about your cousin who just got evacuated from a fire yeah. or you're you're thinking about the racial social justice you know program that you're leading over Zoom at work in three hours. Yeah. What do you say in that specific moment, right? When you're completely distracted, but your partner's like, let's get it on.
3: Well, a few things. you know, first of all, I think it's important to let them know what's going on that It's not that you don't find them attractive. It's not that you can't stand them. It's not that, pissed off at them it's not that you're rejecting them on a more profound level let them know hey honey you are so sexy you are the hottest partner i can possibly even imagine but right now i'm just not in a sexual place i'm thinking about my cousin i'm thinking about the buyers i'm thinking about this meeting i have in three hours let them know what's really going on that said i also think that sometimes. And there's a caveat. The caveat is if you don't have a history of significant trauma, sexual trauma, sometimes you take one for the team. There are times Mm -hmm. where you say to your partner, in order to maintain the sexual connection in your relationship, hey, babe, I'm not in the mood, but convince me. Like, I'm (laughs) open and where you can let your partner kind of try to convince you, or maybe you do something that doesn't require a lot of excitement on your end, where you take good care of your partner and you've still created that connection. You have nurtured the relationship, you've nurtured them. And I think that it's really important that we. Not just, if we only have sex when we feel like having sex in a long-term relationship, we're not going to have a lot of sex. <laughs> so it's important that sometimes we just say, yeah, you know, I'm not really feeling it, but hey, I'm just going to go for it anyway.
1: Mm. Now, what about those distractions? And I love this, by the way. I love that sometimes you got to take one for the team, meaning like you and your partner and take one for the team. And it makes sense, um, yeah. again, for folks who have not experienced trauma uh, in that yeah. in that arena. But okay, so you're all alone in the house and the kids are there, and meaning you're not alone. The kids yeah. are there, there's <laughs> things going on, whatever. How do you sort of carve out space for that? So you've decided, all right, we need to, we we've matched up this libido, but now we gotta do this with the kids around.
3: Well, I think first of all, every couple, I said long before COVID, everybody needs to have a lock on their bedroom door. It's absolutely crucial. I I have been stunned over the Three decades I've been at therapy said, How many couples do not have a lock on their bedroom door? Really? Like, th- I have heard way too many stories from children or even from adults who, as children, walk in on their parents having sex and are quite traumatized about it till to this day. Like, sure. You just- I also think you want to demonstrate to your children that you, as parents, take time for the relationship because even if you're not having sex, it is important to go into a room separate from your kids just to sit and talk and to connect and to cuddle and to spoon. I'm a big fan of the spoon. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's COVID. like We need that kind of nurturing and security. So you don't want to be like, oh yeah, oh, mom and dad went to their bedroom and locked the door. They must be having sex. Instead, it's like, Oh yeah, every night at eight o'clock, mom and dad, or mom and mom, or dad and dad go into the room. They have their grown-up time together where they get to connect and we do our homework or we do our thing.
1: That is that is fantastic. And I love that it's even it doesn't always have to be a sexual thing, right? The set the precedent that it's not always sexual. It's always a, you know, it's more about the connection between the adults and the household. So excellent dr jen we have more with dr jen man coming up after the break we are going to talk about some very specific tips about refiring up that libido finding it again if you need to in the middle of covid and the world well literally being on fire we we'll drop the subject we'll be right back drop
2: the subject the new channel q all
1: right we're back to drop the subject ali johnson james simmons and dr jen man who of course writes a weekly column every Wednesday in InStyle Magazine for hump day. And we're talking about humping today. We're talking about when you don't really feel like humping, to be honest. And um, you know, Dr. Jen, in the previous break, we kind of talked about sort of what are those issues that happen when you're just not feeling the libido the same as your partner or whatever. Sometimes though, I I feel like that it takes work. Like we're not all 20 anymore and just, it's just on all the time. And so what are some tips that we can start to do in the middle of the world, literally being on fire, in the middle of racial social justice uprising, in the middle of not being able to leave our houses to go find that libido or if you've got a little bit of it there to like turn it up?
3: Well, a few things. First of all, practicing good self-care, making sure that you are getting enough sleep, you're exercising, you're eating well, because if you're depleted, the last thing you're going to want to do is have sex with your partner. Mm. The second thing is nurture the connection, like we were talking about before the break, taking that time on a day-to-day basis. I tell all the couples in my practice to do a minimum of 20 minutes. 30 is really my preference of face-to-face time with your partner, no phones, no screens, no TVs, no nothing. This couples who actually do at least 20 minutes of that kind of time are less likely to have an affair. They are less likely to get divorced. So consider it to be Kind of, it's, it's like watering the plant of the relationship. It's giving it sun sure. it because that's what you need as a foundation. Also, when you feel connected, your partner, the way they chew, is less likely to annoy you. That They left their socks on the floor. <laughs> when that connection is present and that bond is present, we're generally less annoyed with our partner, which annoyance and resentment tends to kill sex drive. The other mm. thing is talk through stuff as it comes up. When you let anger fester, that is the quickest killer of libido. If you are a couple who has a therapist, utilize that therapist right now. Every therapist I know is doing telemedicine appointments. So you can do it from your home. People are willing to oftentimes reduce their fee if money is an issue. And then also you want to fan the flames of desire. We tend to stop doing the things that we did at the beginning of a relationship when we're further in at the beginning relationship, we got dressed up, we put on cute underwear, you know, we wear a bra, we wore a matching set. We weren't in our granny panties in our sweatpants, like picking our nose in front of the TV. Mm. Like we have the time. So put yourself together and it's not just for your partner. It's part of how you seduce yourself you feel more sexual and more sexy when you've got it put together, when you've shaved your legs or shaved your face and like put yourself together. The other thing is, at the beginning of a relationship, we tend to think about the last time we had sex. We tend to think about the excitement. We tend to think about how good it felt, which gets us aroused, which makes us more ready for sex.
2: Mm.
3: Think about those things, start thinking about sex. Even if right now it's not in the forefront of your mind, Set an alarm on your phone. Take five minutes just to fantasize about a great sexual experience that you had with your partner or in your dream or in your history or whatever it is. Kind of get your juices flowing. Also, use erotica, use porn, use whatever it is that is auditory or visual or photos that gets you going. But don't take care of everything yourself. Bring it to the relationship. Get yourself heated up and then bring that energy to the relationship.
1: And I think sometimes that 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 sort of feels like not cheating as an in infidelity, yeah. but almost cheating as as I think it took me a little while to sort of get over the fact that like sometimes I gotta do that. Sometimes I gotta, and it's not that I don't find my partner attractive at all because I think he is the hottest man on earth, but like sometimes you just gotta do the thing to get your brain going. And I was like, yep. am I, is this like am I allowed to do this? Like, is this part of the playbook?
3: Some agreement in your relationship where your partner's not okay with that. It's actually a really important tool to kind of shift that kind of switch. Cause sometimes, especially right now under all of this stress, we're just not in such a sexual place and we have to get ourselves into a sexual place. We can't put it all on our partner.
1: Yeah. Now last question before we get out of here, Dr. Jen, cause there's never enough time with you, but how do you have that conversation when it's just not going to match you and your partner's libido are just not going to match. And you're like, okay, I need to take care of this myself. Then <laughs> whether you, whether you're in the room or not, I need to take care of this. How do you navigate that conversation?
3: Well, I think that all couples need to have this conversation ideally not when it's happening. Cause it can be a little more heated and mm-hmm. not in the when it's happening, but to say like, Hey, you know, we're 10 years into this relationship. Sometimes you're in the mood. I'm not, You cool with me just kind of taking care of myself? Do you want me to save it for you for the next night? Like, I think that there is, well, we have the right to take care of ourselves anytime we want. We also are in a partnership and we have to be careful that we're not taking care of things so much ourselves, we've got nothing left for a partner. But I think that it's very fair to say, like, hey, I'm not feeling it. You're feeling it. Like, you can go in the other room or, hey, can I watch you? Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes. You're not in that same sexual place, even if you're able to kind of participate and be in the room with your partner while they're taking care of themselves. Also, sometimes you're not in that place and your partner starts taking care of themselves and you're like, oh, suddenly I'm in that place. Like this-
1: <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden I'm there.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that. Well, Dr. Jen, like I said, there is never enough time with you. We appreciate you being on so much. Listen, all of the drop the subject listeners, you can find Dr. Jen online at Dr. Jen Mann. Two Ends on Jen, Two Ends on Man. You can read her column every week in InStyle Magazine on Wednesdays, as well as pick up, I believe, The Relationship Fix is your latest book, right? Is that the most recent? Yep, It is,
3: yeah.
1: The Relationship Fix as well. You've seen Dr. Jen Man on GMA, by the way, which is one of my favorites, of course, on multiple shows on VH1 and all over the place. And we are so lucky and fortunate to have you every week. Dr. Jen, until next week. Take
2: care. Thank you. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It.
0: Drop the Subject. Welcome back. It's Allie and James, and it's News It or Lose It time. This is the part of the show where you know what it is. We give you two headlines. Well, we give each other two headlines rather, and we news one of them, the other we lose. It's news or to lose it. I've got two headlines. Are you ready to hear them? Yeah, yeah. Here it is. If you didn't feel bad for the postal workers before, here's how colleges are mailing brains, hearts, and eyeballs to pre-med students.
1: <laughs> I hate you, Allie Johnson.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Well, that's good that you're losing that because you can lose uh, the headline that Jim Carrey will be playing Joe Biden on SNL, which is great. But I think we have everything we need. We
1: have everything we need there. All right. Very good. Um, All right. Here are your two headlines. Ola Johnson for you to either news or to lose headline numero uno. Ellen just got even more bad news and its name is the Drew Barrymore show.
0: Oh, I saw that billboard, the Drew Barrymore show, and I was like, okay, why not? Sure. Uh, but I am going to lose it because I think she, <laughs> as much as I love trashing Ellen, I think she needs a little break. Because <laughs> And
1: that's basically it. Like, everyone's just like, ooh, Ellen has competition now. And we're like, Ellen's yeah. always had competition. Like, whatever. As much as I also am in the, like, trash Ellen thing lately or whatever, I'm also like, let's just not make stuff up to make it up. So,
0: yeah, I mean, anyone can do, like soap connect Four with <laughs> ariana grande uh you know right. doesn't you know that's always gonna exist it's
1: it's there right and there are other networks who also need daytime talkies whatever i continue drew barrymore good luck we will see we'll figure out a way to trash you down the road i'm sure uh so fine you what you get is college professor politely tells trump to stfu after he rudely interrupts her on live tv
0: Oh great! Well, let's go ahead and dig in. I'm excited. Yeah.
1: So basically, there was this disastrous town hall, ABC town hall, earlier this week, right, uh, for Donald Trump a couple nights ago, I think, and it was really bad. It was a complete and total debacle. He lied. I think the fact checkers said he lied, like boldface lied at least twenty times.
0: Oh, that's a. Is that high for him, or is that average? I, f- I feel like that's average. I feel
1: like yeah, even low to average, maybe. But um
0: poor fact checkers, man, they are really oh having a tough God. go of Their it. Their
1: fingers and brains hurt. I'm sure they're like over it. <laughs>
0: just like as soon as it's open his mouth, they're like just start typing, just, just go, 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 go.
1: They're like that's a lie, that's a lie. Well, <laughs> during this this town hall, which was supposedly for kind of undecided viewers and and like the actual like real Americans to get to ask our president questions live and in person, they did it all socially distant, blah blah blah. Well, there. Was a question from dr alicia black who's an assistant professor of african diaspora literature at cootstown university she was asking him a question about pre-existing health conditions and well let's listen to what happened pre-existing conditions which obamacare brought into
3: uh brought to fruition be removed no without please stop and let me finish my question sir
1: Oh, I love that she, Doctor Black, told POTUS stop and let me finish my question. Do not interrupt me.
0: <laughs> and I can just—I I can't see his reaction, but I can see his reaction.
1: Uh huh. There was a little—he—he he surprisingly kept it together a little bit. Um. Kind of. But
0: but the, the thing is, is that he can't just get up and walk away anymore. Right. That was his go to is I'm just I'm done now. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk away. But it when it came to his camp, now that his campaign is involved and his reelection is involved, he actually has to face like getting up and walking away is not helping him. Uh-huh. So now he has to just sit there and take it. He, and he it's does. not doing him any favor.
1: No, it's not. And he did sort of do the like look away. Like he kind of looked away like towards where his people were like, oh, no, she did not just do that. But he also knew, to your point, he couldn't get up and walk away. He can't do anything. And he knew he couldn't say anything. He already was like halfway down an awful hole that it was he was probably not going to crawl back up out of. He's like, if I say one more thing, it's over. And um, just in general, like, don't interrupt people. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that's true we have to let each other finish especially when they have questions that are uh embarrassing to the president of the united states Hello. let them finish and now on top of it all colleges are starting to mail out brains hearts and eyeballs to pre-med students so that they can dissect things no. at home i
1: <laughs> no, because they got them on the dark web ally i know where you're going with this this is not no funny. I,
0: I didn't even wasn't even gonna say that uh uh-huh. sure Many students are learning from home right now, which <laughs> means that they must dissect things from home. So colleges, there are some that are just opting not to do it or they'll do like, oh, I'm I'm the professor and I'll just dissect all these things in front of you over Zoom. But then other classes are saying, hey, why don't I just load up all these pig fetuses, put them in FedEx uh, or whatever, maybe standard mail and we will send these animal parts to biology students and watch them dissect them over Zoom. One junior at the University of Arizona posted an unboxing video on TikTok of a sheep's brain. Stop it. (laughs) And a fetal piglet.
1: You... Just want to torment me. This is exactly what you want to do. You're lying. You made this whole story up. The colleges are not doing this through the USPS. This is dark web, black market, elbow, toes stuff that you try to bring up all the time.
2: Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Uh,
0: Just looking at our gay, gay or cray cray story this week. Hi, it's Allie and James. And this is Drop the Subject. Happy to be here with you on this lovely Thursday. And... Every week on this day, we usually uh, bring you a gay, gay, cray, cray story. Sometimes James will present one. Sometimes I will. And this week I am sharing with you, James, a story about a a couple that has recently gone through some nuptials, not Zoom nuptials or zuptials, as they call them. They didn't elope. It was a regular traditional wedding. And I will share as many details as I can without revealing the gender of the people involved. In this case, they're not people. There are eight legs in this story what? instead of four. <laughs> I,
1: eight like eight legs each, like there are spiders.
0: they are two octopi that were married in the sea.
1: I didn't know we were. Oh, we're into gendering octopuses now.
0: Oh yeah, no, we should not do that.
1: No, we are gendering they spiders. They have all
0: kinds of. No, we shouldn't gender spiders. We shouldn't gender octopods, especially because they have beaks and they only live for a year. I learned that recently.
1: They have beaks?
0: What? Uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. We can't get into it. Oh Let's talk God. about these dogs that got married. Okay. Dogs. They're both. Okay. <laughs> so these are dogs. But I'm again, I'm not going to tell you the gender. And you're going to guess if this is a gay gay couple or a cray cray couple. Mm. A hetero cray cray couple. Okay. Okay. So f- I'm even going to give you the names on this one.
1: Oh, Oh! wow. Okay. I'm going to need it because I've never done four legs before or eight legs okay. or whatever.
0: Felix and Machu Picchu are their names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are
1: so not fair. Continue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't give you any good kind of No hints. help whatsoever. But they have celebrated their loyal love with a photo shoot, a cake, and a wedding at a place called Happy Tales Rescue Retirement Home. Aww. It's a senior center for dogs.
1: What?
0: Yes. And they I didn't know uh, said, those existed. That's cool. um Yeah. They do hospice slash old sanctuaries for pets. And this is one of those places. It's called Happy Tales of Morrisville, Pennsylvania. And the first line of this article read this is people.com. Want to give them credit. Uh, they said the vows were in Bow Wows at a wedding <laughs> ceremony at the Happy Tales Rescue <laughs> Retirement can't. Home. I can't. <laughs> uh, um, so these two senior chihuahuas, it was dog meets dog. It was love at first. So I don't know if they can see. Uh, I don't know what their health conditions are, but I assume that they <laughs> smelled each other's butts and enjoyed what they smelled and decided we need to be together in holy matrimony. So, and... Uh, you know, a lot of this is the people at the retirement, the people that are taking care of the dogs are like, they love each other. Let's make them get married. Of course, but still, right. I'm sure that they like each other enough. So, And the
1: dogs are just like, I'm 900 years old with arthritis. I can't move.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. This is and why, they're why they're I'm going to pr- put a pearl necklace and a tiara on me. So I guess I'm just going to roll with it. Uh-huh. Uh, so there, is, there are pictures of this photo shoot. There are pictures of the wedding. Um, they, uh, oh, here's some information about one. This is Felix. Felix arrived at Happy Tails because it was uh, hit by a little vehicle Aww. and it had, uh, instead of being put down, they decided to save it and bring it to this re- this little retirement community. Uh, it was surrendered to the sanctuary by the owner who couldn't care for this dog anymore. So um, now it is much happier and better off in getting married. But the question is, <laughs> these newlyweds, are they... Guy, girl? Are they guy, guy? Are they lady, lady? How many pearl necklaces and tiaras are involved in this canine matrimony ceremony? Gay, gay or cray, cray?
1: Normally, I would just think that uh, so that if people were like, we're going to marry our dogs and whatever, that it would just sort of be like traditional hetero canine marriage, right? Like I would think that they would just be like, whatever, we have a girl dog and a boy dog, so they have to get married, right? But this is a place where they're into like pet hospice. And so at that point, you're thinking in a little bit different of a mind space, right? You're sort of open to different things, probably with people and with pets. This one's really hard. And especially four legs. Ali, you're, you're really throwing me. But I think I have to go. My gut is telling me just go straight up the middle. Just be like normal. Not normal. Like what what these like happy tail people would just be. And they want to marry a boy dog and a girl dog. So regular old cray cray happy tail dog people.
0: All right. You have gone hetero cray cray and you are correct. Yeah. James. The vows that were in Bow Wows were made by Felix and Machu Picchu. Felix is a lady dog and Machu Picchu is in a very handsome tuxedo. Oh. I don't know if they got a pre puptual agreement, but that okay. remains to be seen. You're welcome. This whole and segment
1: I- was all to set up that <laughs> joke. <laughs>
0: And now it's pause for concern. Here on Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. (laughs) Drop the Subject.
2: The new Channel Q.
0: Time to close up shop. That's right. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James. Of course, it's always such a blast hanging with you and we love to hear from you as well if you have any questions for our np our resident np he will answer any questions that you may have COVID or no he will any kind of unexplained rash anything really he will talk to you about uh just go ahead and send him pictures graphic ones at ask the np (laughs) i didn't get one
1: recently it had been a while it had been a little while since i got a picture i got a picture of and this person lives in a different country so i'm Pretty sure they're not listening. I'm not saying names obviously, but this person sent a picture of their uncircumcised and they were having a hard time with pulling the foreskin skin back because ah! it was too tight.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad that you are there for that person.
1: <laughs> well, that was the most visceral. would just visceral throw the
0: phone out the window and run.
1: <laughs> guttural scream. I've heard you. have. So if you had any question that Allie is really a lesbian, all I have uh, to yeah. talk about is like pulling f- foreskin no! back. And she's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: great. That's uh, going to yes. be
1: my new catchphrase. Can Jesse, can I say that on the radio?
0: Is I don't it, know if you can, actually. I think you can because you're talking about it scientifically.
1: Right. But I can't just like randomly be like when you're annoying me, just be like foreskin.
0: <laughs> no, I think you can actually. Oh, <laughs> I can. can oh, OK, good. <laughs> yeah. I think I foreskin new... drops are how what radio is built on. <laughs> <laughs> foreskin drops. <laughs>
1: no. I, we, we need to come up with a new game. <laughs> what what like, Foreskin drops. What grosses Ali out more? X or Foreskin. <laughs> yeah. I like it.
0: Uh, I'm sure we can put Jesse, go ahead and put that together for tomorrow. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, now we have something to look forward to, which is exciting. Uh, if you missed anything from today's show, <laughs> uh, James got a chance to chat with our favorite Dr. Jen. Uh, and we talked, uh, we did app, uh, Apple or Crapple, a new game. Uh, based Good Based on the Apple announcement. Yeah, earlier this week. Uh, we talked about bees and why they dive bomb into james's pool we talked about the hurricane in alabama and florida and uh and we did a gay gay cray cray that was senior pup related so all kinds of fun stuff for you and if you missed any of it download that podcast drop the subject wherever you find your podcasts we will see you tomorrow james you've been watching lovecraft country and you're enjoying it yes
1: oh my gosh okay so I
0: Good recommendation.
1: Very good recommendation. Thank you very much. I'm going to steal it and then claim it as my own since I am the king slash queen of like really bad recommendations. So I'm giving this one to people on my recommendation. Not that you told me to watch it, just on my own.
0: All the people that you recommended warrior nuns to, just go ahead and recommend (laughs) this to cancel it out.
1: (laughs) It will. It'll do more than cancel it out. This one's great. And what I was really upset about is the first review I read of this, someone was like, Actually, this is a really interesting conversation. Maybe we'll have this with Dr. John next week. Someone was like, it was a white reviewer who was like, meh, doesn't really do it for me. And there are a lot of things about this show that has a lot of black like writers and 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 people involved behind the scenes and i was like i wonder if this show is hitting for so many people and so many black people because a black people are starring in it but also it's written from a, like a black sensibility it's yeah. ri- it's being directed and cinematography and all that kind of stuff from from a different eyes and then this white reviewer who's used to reviewing things that white people make mm-hmm. was like meh and i was like i wonder if there's something there like not to not that race is always involved in everything but i just thought it was really interesting either way if you like great acting fantastic writing a little bit supernatural a little bit like crazy a little uh, bit but al- also
0: moments of gore and weird creep yeah. where you're just like uh, like it has cringeworthy horror vibes it has amazing acting like you said great writing it really does have everything there's a love story you know abs it's, it's, it has abs, Jonathan both Major's female abs. and male. So yeah. they don't discriminate on the hot abs.
1: <laughs> Journey Smollett and Donovan and Med Ma- like, hello.
0: Yes, it is people that you really want to see naked.
1: Yeah, pretty uh, and,
0: much. And just in really awesome 1950s style clothing, too, if you like costumes. So it's it really has something for everybody. It's a fantastic show. Highly recommend Lovecraft Country and recommend this show to your friends uh, along with it. Why the hell not? Just throw it in. It's like a twofer. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.